listeners this is malati jaykumar from kovaiwani bringing you a series of new episodes called story time today's story is called liberation and is about how a simple illiterate woman named chamundi tries to escape from a life of domestic violence chamundi would never know the thank god it's friday feeling or even what TGIF meant. Not only because she did not know English, but also because she did not like Fridays. And she did not like Fridays because she dreaded Saturday nights. That was when her husband would stagger home drunk, pick a quarrel with her for the flimsiest of reasons. In a small two-room tenement, her two children would pretend to be asleep in the next room, for no child could really truly sleep in the middle of all the noise and shouting. After cursing and throwing things around, he would pick up his weapon, a very thin, smooth twig-like stick that tapered very gradually to a fine, almost whip-like end. He would caress the stick for a while and then curl his thick fingers over the flat, polished end. He aimed unerringly at her ankles, and the thin end of the stick would come stinging like a red-hot wire. He was careful not to strike her on the arms or face, but only on her ankles or below the knees. Initially, the sari took part of the beating, but when she found the sari being torn to shreds, she hitched it up and took the beating on her legs. She did not have the money for more saris, better to have scarred legs that could be covered up by a sari than to have no sari at all. At first, she tried not to cry, but whimpered when she could bear it no longer. Her whimpering would turn him on and he would then cast the stick aside and take her forcefully. Now she began whimpering and moaning earlier to hasten the end. She knew peace would reign only when he was satisfied and fell asleep almost instantly. Then her ten-year-old son would creep up silently 
he would dampen a piece of soft cloth with water from the earthen pot and press it against the livid welts it felt cool and soothing and she would hug him gratefully and limp over to the other room glad that another saturday was behind her and now she had 6 days to heal she would drift off to a fitful sleep sandwiched between her son and her 6 year old daughter it had not always been like this she remembered her life in the village the sugarcane fields the pond she had played with her friends for hours together climbing up mango trees for a stolen treat and the sheer unbridled joy of being young that lasted till her 14th birthday the restrictions began with the onset of puberty she had to stay at home wear a half sari over a long skirt and blouse to preserve her modesty and not talk to the men folk unless it was necessary and even then to keep her eyes downcast she was very pretty and at 15 she was married to the boy who worked as a handyman he had an aptitude for repairing or setting right everything from an ordinary cycle to the two or three tractors in the village owned by the more affluent farmers he was a strapping lad dark and well built and chamundi like all the girls in the village bowed to the wishes of the elders when they proposed marriage her first son was born before that completed one year of marriage and the second a girl followed after another four years her husband always had a restless streak in him and often spoke of moving out of the village to the city where he said he could make much more money with his skills he could even learn how to repair cars and maybe one day he could even buy a car when his dreams were mocked at he stopped speaking of it but continued to nurture it in his heart till one day a group of five three men and two women arrived as volunteers for educating the villagers on hygiene sanitation and family planning the sight of their shiny cars the sleek cell phones and laptops their modern clothes their smart talk and confidence rekindled and stoked the fires of restlessness with renewed determination he followed the visitors around for a week and before they left he managed to get a name and address in the city where he could go to look up look for a job within a month he was in the city got a job in a factory and 3 months later took his wife and children there for chamundi it marked the beginning of living in a cramped room sharing squalid toilets and fighting for water the village had been primitive too but it was clean and she did not have to worry about the children roaming around freely in the city there was no one she could trust she heard horror tales of kidnappings and maiming of children and she dared not let the little ones out of her sight for long she felt bad to keep them cooped up 
but fretted herself sick when they were away. She was also unnerved by the vastness of the city. She felt like a little speck of a star in an ever-expanding universe. Poverty in the village did not divest a person of pride, but poverty in the city seemed to degrade the soul. It made the division between the haves and the have-nots into a deep chasm, while the glitter and the glamour that beckoned just a stone's throw away from the dingy dwellings made one yearn for luxuries that were totally unnecessary and unsuitable. Temptations lurked at every corner, and the temptations could learn to lead to crime. Knowing her husband's obsession to get, get ahead, Chamundi's heart quaked at the very thought of the vast unknown. Two years later, he got a promotion and they moved to the present two-room tenement that had a small bathroom which made all the difference. The factory paid him enough to live comfortably. He would bring her a string of jasmine for her hair once a week and three saris a year, one each for Dipavali, Pongal and the Tamil New Year. He played with the children and bought them milk barfis and toys now and then. He had always been a great devotee of Balaji and had acquired a huge picture of the deity as seen in Tirupati. It was an almost life-size painting on cloth and had been given to him by a wealthy client as reward for helping to deliver a rather large order in a very short time. Each detail of the ornate jewels that adorned the crown, hands, feet and body was etched in gold paint and the flowers, especially the rose petals, looked very real. The painting of the gleaming black deity surrounded by shimmering gold lamps dominated the small room. He would stand before it every morning and evening, praying with his head bowed. His grandmother also had been a great devotee of Balaji. It was said he would appear in her dreams and talk to her and foretell major events in the family. His mother had told him that the old woman would sometimes go into a trance and at one such time had prophesied about the child quickening in her womb even before she knew it herself. The grandmother, prompted by Balaji, had predicted the birth of her first grandson. This made him feel unique, almost as if his birth had been ordained by God for a special reason. When their daughter was four years old, he was caught red-handed, stealing from the factory storehouse. He was suspended immediately and the investigations revealed that he had been pilfering expensive spare parts steadily over the past year. He lost his job without any termination benefits whatsoever. His meagre savings disappeared in the next few months. He would get one job after another, but it never lasted for more than a few weeks, sometimes even less. 
Chamundi never knew when he was hired or fired. He would leave home in the morning, return at night, and she could smell liquor on his breath. She wondered where he got the money for his drinks. One by one, their joys vanished. No flowers, no saris, no sweets for the children. Even one meal a day was a blessing. He became morose and silent as he drifted from one odd job to another. The only thing that did not change was his prayer to Balaji morning and evening. Then finally one day he landed a job, a job that he did not talk about. Chamundi was sure it was something shady, for all her efforts to glean some information from him proved futile. He left for work in the morning and sometimes mostly in the evening and returned early in the morning and slept till well past lunchtime. Night shift, he said. He acquired a cell phone and would start receiving calls from late afternoon till he left for work. Money flowed in again along with the chocolates, flowers and occasional saris. But that was also when he began to drink heavily every Saturday. The beatings started a year later and continued every week. He still worshipped the picture of Balaji, but he had removed it to the other room so that he could beat her without the deity looking down at him. Chamundi had become resigned to her fate. She hoped someday he would tire of his routine and go elsewhere to seek his pleasure. Some women she knew were happy when their husbands went to other women. Now she knew why. One Friday evening, he came home early, packed a few clothes and went away. He had some work in another city, he said, and would be back in a week. Chamundi went delirious with delight. The children infected by her gaiety pranced around and soon all three were playing boisterously. She decided she would take the children to the fair ground and then visit the temple on the outskirts of the city. She had some money saved up and hidden under her clothes. It was just about enough money to buy them something good to eat and maybe take a ride on the giant wheel. It could stretch to buying some trinkets for herself, she thought, and maybe even a toy for her son and a little doll for her daughter. What does Chamundi plan to do during her short spell of freedom? Will she run away? Can she escape? Listen to Liberation Part 2 and discover the thrilling end. மற்றும் Media for Community Foundation இவர்களின் கூட்டு முயற்சியாக உங்களிடம் கொண்டு வரப்பட்டது திட்ட ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் டாக்டர் ஆர் ஸ்ரீதர் மற்றும் ஆலோக் வர்மா அவர்கள் வானொலி ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் பூஜா முராடா கௌசல்யா மற்றும் சாய் சுதா அவர்கள் 
தயாரிப்பாளர்கள் கோவை பாணி கோவை கேர் ரிட்டையர்மெண்ட் கம்யூனிட்டிஸ் நீங்கள் ஒரு மூத்த குடிமகனாக இருந்து உதவி தேவைப்பட்டால் எங்கள் எல்டர்லைன் ஹெல்ப் லைனை தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு இல் தொடர்பு கொள்ளவும் காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை ஒரு சிறந்த வாழ்க்கையை வாழ உங்களுக்கு உதவி செய்ய நாங்கள் உறுதி அளிக்கிறோம் மறுபடியும் கேளுங்கள் தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை Be safe. Fight COVID with two vaccinations. Wear a mask when you go out. Keep safe distance. Observe proper hygiene. We must win. We will win. Thank you.